sets it up, Poppy, yes! Isaac Smith can go all the way from here! What about that? How? McAvoy, Sicily. You know he's a long, long kick. And he does go with a long, long kick and goals. Already got it off to Rafi to Liver. And then Liver goes with a long late. He kicked Dalhouse and Hodge. And Hodge picks it up. He picks it up. Yet again. They were the great team for such a long time. Led by that man. And Hodge, yeah, he goes out a winner. Hey there, Hawks fans. How are you? Are you well? You're traveling along okay? We know it's been a couple of weeks. Our apologies for that, but we're back and we've got plenty to get through, so let's get on with it. This is the Hawk Talk podcast, the most must-hear show for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club. My name is Nick Mason. I'm coming to you all the way from Canada, of course, and joining me is a man who is reportedly moving to the Gold Coast in what has been described as at least a three-figure deal. G'day, Tiz. Yep, I'm off to the Gold Coast, along with Hodgie, and uh, we're going to meet Ablett up there, and it'll all be rosy. All be sunshine, lollipops, and <laughs> be terrific. As it has been for years at the Gold Coast. It's just been the destination club. <laughs> yeah, they, they have a good time up there with the... Uh, with the churchgoers and the party boys. It's an interesting clique. <laughs> it's an interesting mix, isn't it? A lot of light and shade. I love how they call them the sons. Uh, <laughs> it's just... <laughs> They're the sons of the Gold Coast sky. Is, is that is that the line? You don't hear that often. Although, as Hawks fans, we've heard it enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we've heard it twice. <laughs> Four times this year, in fact, unfortunately. Oh, wow. Now, look, I will fess up to the fact that I did have a mild freak out because over yeah. here on uh, Canadia time, as you would call it, Tiz, <laughs> I woke up to the news that Hodge might be leaving and I bought into it hook, line and sinker. I believed every word that Sam McClure had to say. I won't be making that mistake again. Yeah, they have that live app going with Sam McClure telling us, you know, off the uh, off the AFL app and he's sniggering and everything. I mean, it's pretty. It was it was pretty a long shot, wasn't it? I mean, it does sound like some kind of Gold Coast wet dream, to be honest. <laughs> but um, I don't think that was ever on the cards. No. Anyone would pay Hodgie to turn up and coach. So and he's got the media going, doesn't he? Like, yeah, exactly. He's all over that. Yeah, he'd be mad yeah. to walk away from it. He was doing his Channel Seven apprenticeship most of this year. Yeah, even on field. <laughs> He was. He was doing overtime for them with sounds of the game or whatever that segment is. Yeah, yeah. They took that a step further, actually. Half time in the last round, they uh, mic'd up Gibbo as he walked around high fiving the fans. That was that was a little bit too much, I thought. You know, just let let him have his moment. Yeah, I thought it was a bit much. It wasn't. Um, he he wasn't able to give them much fan service, the Hawthorne faithful, because um, he was too busy talking to. There are a couple of people that. Yeah, looked disappointed, yeah. turned turned away. Yeah, but uh, anyway, love Gibbo. It goes to show you, Tiz, that money talks, and money is the most important thing in the AFL. Oh, really? Is that is that why Bob Murphy was second in line coming off the field? Is that, is that, <laughs> <laughs> that would have warmed your heart, uh, Nick. You know I wanted to talk about it. Before we get to it, because you know I'm on my high horse about it, before I officially ride off into the sunset on it, <laughs> I just want to jump in first and say rate and review us on iTunes. We're also on SoundCloud and podcast apps and all that sort of thing. Hit us up at Hawk Talk Pod as well. 
Now, don't think we haven't missed this, uh, you guys. We have. We've missed talking to you and chatting with you. We've been desperate to get an episode online. Even had some false starts, some tech problems. It's good to be back now. Uh, now, with that in mind, Luke Hodge enjoyed his victory lap, but now it's my turn, Tiz. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> because I predicted over, I reckon it was over two months ago, that Hawthorne would dash the Bulldogs' dreams of going bark to bark, so to speak. This happened very early on. It was very early on. I called it. And and you know what? In terms of my prediction, it was not another team and not a week sooner than Hawthorne (laughs) in round 23, Tiz. It was always going to be us. And I rode that hype train. I shoveled coal week after week. And lo and behold... We've pulled into that station. That which was prophesized has come to pass, Tiz. And it's a thing of beauty. It really is. I mean, they had everything going for them, didn't they? They had their <laughs> home ground for our home game. Yeah. <laughs> they ha- they could have made finals, especially after um, Melbourne did what they did. They had two retiring stars to our one, Tiz. Well, we had one playing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, fair enough. Nevertheless, Hawthorne prevailed. They defeated the Dogs by nine points and officially ended their premiership defence now since the final siren tears. Because I got up and watched it, of course. I was live tweeting it. I have been bathing in a nice warm spring of I told you so. Come on in. The water's fine. Who are you telling? Who are you, who are you telling over there, Nick? It must be, <laughs> must be killing you. <laughs> uh, look, I haven't made that many friends at uni. I wonder why. Are they all Essendon supporters or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they're they're all on the Andrew McGrath train. They're on a different track, you see. Oh yes, yeah. Oh, we'll come to that. Oh yeah, yeah we we have plenty to say about that. But I I know to a lot of people listening to this because it's been a while since we recorded. I know that round twenty three might be old news, but the fact is we haven't debriefed. And I, I think there's some entertainment to be gleaned from that. I think people want to hear what we have to say. I want to start with Harry Morrison. Tis. What did you like about Harry Morrison? Well, when I saw Ryan Burton was missing, I thought, oh, hello, you know, yeah. what are they doing here? And then Harry t- comes on and he abs- plays an absolute blinder, leads the disposals at half time. I couldn't believe how mm-hmm. good he was. He, he was a natural out there. He, he found time and space. He beat the Bont in a one-on-one contest, which was terrific. After a smother he made, I mean, he just... Then he completed the move by running up, up the ground and getting uh, yep. involved in the chain. Incredible game from him. I mean, oh, it, it, you know, to pick him up in the mid seventies is just ridiculous. Graham Wright, he's a, he's a freak. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because this year has been about the kids in a lot of ways, and it was summed up by Morrison's game. There's so much to look forward to. You know, 2018 is going to be really exciting for a number of reasons, but how excited are we to see Harry Morrison running around now? That That is a revelation off that one game. I'm super enthusiastic about him. He had 21 touches. He finished with 21. And uh, you want to mention his role in the in the chain of play just before that resulted in a goal. He had just a lazy, oh, I don't know, eight score involvements. Oh, he had wow. eight score yeah. involvements. That is outstanding. His disposal efficiency is good for a first gamer too. 76, I mean, yeah, there's just so much to like about him. He's related to Ken Judge, the late Ken Judge, and he's related to Tom Rockcliffe, who... Uh, Hawthorne's Tom Rockcliffe. <laughs> Hawthorne's Tom Rockcliffe, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, he tweeted about how happy he was with Harry, I think, at halftime, didn't he? He, he did, the, yeah. Yeah, he got on, on, on a, the line, as the kids say. And all these Hawthorne supporters are saying, you know, can't wait to see you play with him. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're such a facetious bunch for who we want to be. It's great. Must be great playing for Brisbane, though. You can understand why I wouldn't want to leave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, quite. Um, <laughs> let's turn to another kid who, who was seriously impressive again. Uh, it came after a week where Jed Lamb, of all people, had his number. James Sicily oh, yeah. really had yeah. a point to prove, and boy, didn't he prove it. He was sensational against the Bulldogs. Did you like the celebration for that goal? Oh, did I? <laughs> oh, that was, uh, that was yeah. one of my highlights. Uh, there was a mixed opinion about that. You know, he's a bit of a flog. Dark. <laughs> Some of the ideas is this is this coming from within or are the opposition supporters saying that? Um, no, I think there's a well, you know, he's got that anger management issues, and then he does this kind of thing. He's just a little bit too close to the surface with some of his emotions, I reckon. But it's also what makes him so competitive, isn't it? It's a sort of yeah, I, I like it. I think you if you extract that part out of his game, it completely changes his whole complexion as a footballer so you know it's tough because i i see the merits of being like you know you, you got to rein it in you tone it down a bit you can't carry on like that whether it's good or bad but and he was embarrassed he was embarrassed when bt showed him the vision <laughs> he was. he's like oh well you know he oh. was but I, I, look put it this way i'd rather a player play with passion than nothing you know i, I want a guy to to, to love a goal, you know? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a t- sensational goal too. It was it one step straight through from, oh, ridiculous, from from inside the square. And, of course, we can't go go on without mentioning Jared Ruffett. Oh, did he turn up for Hodgie's last oh, game? Oh, he did, yeah. Wow. Yeah, in, in such a big way. He played like a guy who's one of his best friends was bowing out and he wanted to give him the most fitting send-off possible. Five goals, two. You know, five goals, two, that's incredible. It was just a very consistent four-quarter performance, really. It's It was right from the start, and he played it right through the end. Nine in disposals and five goals. You don't see that very often. And he, you know, he really, he really led, didn't he? That's the first time I've seen him take a, a game by the scruff of the neck yeah. uh, since he had all that time away. He really wanted to make his mark. That is something I wanted to mention, because I, this is not so much applicable to you, more me. I, I certainly had my um, queries towards the end of last year, uh, whether him playing football was the best thing. Certainly captaining the club is such a big ask for someone who's been through so much. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's not like... Piling on the pressure, really. Yeah, it's not so much like doubted him. I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm not changing my tune on this. Um, it's it's more it's out of concern. It's like, is this the right call? And to make it to round twenty three, and for him to put in that kind of game, it's just that is something special. That's one of the stories of the year. And I don't just say that as an AFL, uh, as a Hawthorne supporter. I say that as someone who follows AFL. Like that is just one of the feel good stories. Yeah. Um, the other feel good story, of course, is Tom Mitchell. Oh yes, <clears throat> the top trade for the whole year. He's got to be the best recruit. I don't see who takes that title from him, but if the rising star is anything to go by, then AFL will find a way. Well, they're talking about Zach Tui. Oh, uh, but, uh, come on. Well, uh, what is it? 787 disposals for the year, a new record for the AFL, a new club record. Well, that, that's incredible. what I was going to say. What, is the, what does the guy have to do? He only gets the record number of disposals in the history of the game. And, he, and what, he's still not top recruit? Come on. But that's... That's a lot of a Hawthorne supporter. We're waiting for the all Australian team to come out, yeah, and we're still wondering whether he's going to be in the side. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, it's so true. We're sitting there going, "Oh, I hope Tommy makes it." You know, <laughs> ridiculous. 
<laughs> but these popularity contests, Hawthorne doesn't do very well in those, do they? No. no so we uh, anyway, the end to that the end to that game was just terrific, wasn't it? It was uh, poetry in motion. Yeah, I've, you know, there were a few things I liked, but it's hard to go past Hodge being the, the general in the back half. That final spoil. Yeah. yeah but, uh, you know, we, we talk about that. Obviously, that's one to be, <laughs> over time, romanticised as Hodge's last moment, his last definitively great moment in, in AFL and how good it was. But uh, I, I tell you what, just before that, what about Blake Hardwick? A lovely reach-around punch to the boundary line on uh, Liam Picken. He's come a long way, hasn't yep. he? From a, a top scoring uh, little little a small forward in the VAFA or something like that to uh, a a really key player in our defence. Yeah, I was going to say a, a genuine blow if he ever falls out of the side. Really, I think it would hurt us for him not to play. Yeah, he's just holding it down so well. I mean, ninety five disposal efficiency is ridiculous for a first year player. Anyway, yep, such a good user of the ball. Um, I want to, I want to take on a bit of an unsung hero um, <laughs> we've touted as trade bait in the past, but especially since um, reviewing the highlights uh, in approaching this recording, um, Paul Poopolo. Yeah, that was a pretty good game, Tiz. Yeah, he he really had an impact, didn't he? Three goals straight, vintage stuff. Um, and, and it was not only the goals he kicked; it's how he got them. Uh, you got two of those key pressure acts that forced free kicks and pretty easy shots at goal um, deep in the forward line, and he, he also took a screamer again. Uh, if, if you if you wanted to boil down the most attractive and appealing parts of Paul Popolo's, uh footballing ability, we saw it. That was it, and it's it, it, it suddenly makes it very hard to to not see him in Hawthorne colours if if he can bring that. If he can get back to that on a consistent basis, we need him at the club. Although it was a fantastic sales pitch. <laughs> it was. It was very timely. This is how much I'm worth. Just a, <laughs> just a reminder. Yeah, this is what I can do. The other bloke who I loved watching was Jager O'Meara. Oh, yeah. Because uh, if you looked at him in the VFL, he dominated. Mm. Then he played against Carlton. You were like, oh, um, <laughs> something's off. And then against the Bulldogs midfield, one of the best in the comp, mm. him and Tom Mitchell just tore them apart. We won the contested disposals. Terrific. Yeah. You know, and that's what we're looking forward to next year. That's what we're looking at. An All-Australian and Jager O'Meara there. Yeah. As well as maybe some pickups, you know. Although I don't expect us to do too much in the trade period. I, I think we spent all our chips last year, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, look... Who knows? I, you know, we've been touting for a while that Hawthorne's secretly plotting behind the scenes. They, they've got something big in mind, but it could easily be that they don't. Uh, they, they don't have anything planned. I look. I really don't know. Um, this is where your trade whisperer comes in handy, to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's a lot of fun, isn't he? He had a he had a breakdown online. <laughs> When he didn't get his thousand retweets, which is pretty terrific. Yeah. I enjoyed that a lot. It's fantastic. And then and then he announced Dusty had signed about two hours after everybody else knew Dusty had signed. Oh, because <laughs> I was following that from here, and that was incredible uh, to, to see it, literally everyone else report it. And then he's like, well, here's the big news. Here's the scoop. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> the, You've got the late bulletin, like everyone knows now. Well, the other big news was um, Bucks, who oh, earlier no. in the year we were hoping, 
remember halfway through that game, <laughs> they were so far down that people were crying in the stands. And now they've put yeah. Buckley in for another two years. You just can't imagine it. Imagine being a Collingwood... Well, don't, but <laughs> it, it, it's hard to feel empathy for them. But, Mike, it's just Eddie FC now. It is. They've got no... Yeah, you just along for the ride if you're a fan. It's, yeah. You're literally told, stump up your money and your opinion doesn't count. I just wonder what Collingwood fans make of all this. Because I, I the thing I just tweeted out as soon as I heard that Buckley signed on again was I just tweeted laughter <laughs> it's just <laughs> unreal like the comedic value of this was just absurd but it, it did I did wonder when the dust settled I'm like well I know what I think of this I think it's ridiculous and it's fun and, and hilarious but I, I wonder what Collingwood fans make of it it's just so um governmental you know, you only have an inquiry when you know the result. <laughs> and that's exactly how this began. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the luckiest. He's one of the luckiest men in, in the AFL. He has to be. And I, I think I tweeted, you know, what's his what's his greater achievement? Winning a Norm Smith in that losing side <laughs> or getting another two years on his contract after this? Oh, it's close. Debacle. <laughs> it's just... It, but emblematic of Bucks, of course. Do you reckon Collingwood might turn around and, and blame an administrative error a la Ty Vickery and say, <laughs> oh, look, we, we gave you a two-year contract. It was meant to be one. Oh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> that was so bad. What happened? So, what happened we with all, Ty Vickery, Tiz? We all hear that he's out for two weeks and we're like, oh, that's it. Just get rid of him. I mean, he, he's been reported <laughs> twice in a month. The guy is useless. Yeah. Uh, and then and then they come out with, oh, um, actually, it's only one. And I had to retract it, of course, and, and say, go big tie, you know, fantastic. Come in for the final. That Kick made six. my day. The, the <laughs> total backflip. you got to feel for the bloke. I think um, I think Jace, Jace wrote in, poor guy, 2017, hasn't been friendly to him. I mean, it just yeah. totally undercuts how bad his year has been. On field, off field. I mean, he hasn't been injured but that's about the only thing that hasn't gone wrong isn't it i, I want to do some um a, a bit of ip theft if i could and, and look at footy classified and go good call bad call uh <laughs> tis good call bad call ty vickery will be one of the feel-good stories of 2018 no <laughs> no i don't think so he'd just be meeting expectations that's the problem now yeah it is he just it? meets expectations yeah. yeah but the thing is we have the best recruit and probably the worst recruit <laughs> <laughs> so it evens out uh graham Wright, if you're listening yeah if he's listening of course he is tis uh why wouldn't he um i, I think it is interesting the way that all sort of panned out in the end i mean we, we kind of had the uh we had we had the whole the whole deck really we had the the best recruit of the year tom mitchell we had the recruit that you know was middling that if jago omira got on the park more maybe we would have seen yeah more but it's you know we can't really make a call on whether that was good or not just yet we've seen glimpses so that's no, a we've middling seen one. glimpses and then, there's there's real talent yeah and then and then we've got the uh the worst one possibly of the year so we've had all three really we've covered all bases yeah well i mean it's been a pretty good year from where we after the first six rounds i mean we we threw out the old um game plan that wasn't working mm. one i feel that was sort of um gleamed from a bulldogs type approach to to afl yeah and uh we went back to our strengths and 
we kicked on from there. And once the young guys started getting a taste of the action mm. and uh, realising that they could make it, all that form they'd had in the VFL really translated to some great results and against some top-quality teams. Oh, absolutely, like yeah. Adelaide in Adelaide, Sydney twice, yep. GWS the draw. I mean, you know, there's a lot to like about this group, but we're going to struggle with a couple of the old heads not having as much influence anymore. I mm. mean, um, Burgoyne will probably play less games and, and Hodge and Gibbo are gone. Mm. But um, the, the structure's there, isn't it? We've got a... We're building a good midfield. It is, yeah. It's really exciting stuff. And, you know, we're talking about the kids who have been successful. You're, you're um, Hardwick and, and Burton, Sicily, and now we're seeing Morrison, who was showing a lot. Um, and how? Yeah, oh, how, of course. I mean, there you go. There's primary unsung hero there. How uh, he was a revelation in his tagging role, in nullifying role. Um, but then you look at the other players that kind of were knocking on the door, you know, your cousins and Willsmore, who knows what's going to happen with uh, Willsmore, but, um, you know, there, there's still a bit of depth even beyond that. So I reckon all pretty good signs, all things considered. Yeah. Now, Connor Glass, he probably played the most games out of those lot, um, out of cousins and, uh, yeah, and Morrison Wils- and yeah, 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 he Willsmore. Did. Yeah, I, I think Glass is still quite green but I mean that's to be expected you can't you know you're not going to have all of your recruits come in and be absolute superstars immediately but I thought Glass showed something yeah I love how he sees stuff even I don't see from the stands it's just (laughs) (laughs) it's just he's educated in the Irish system and Mm. uh, he just sees angles that the uh, the the Aussie players aren't aren't aware of he tries stuff now uh, we ran a poll yeah, we um, did. Asking people what they thought of the season. I don't know if you have those results handy there, but what did people make of it? Very satisfied. 10%. Now, mm. do you think they're Hawthorne supporters? <laughs> 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 because I would not be very satisfied missing finals of the Hawthorne Anyway, satisfied 63%, dissatisfied 23%, and then where you where you voted, very dissatisfied, 4%. Oh, no, I, did, so, uh, I did not vote very dissatisfied. All right. Where were you on the uh, on the curve there? No, I was satisfied. I, I would have thought that would be clear for our listeners. All right. I mean, it was a, it was along a continuum. It was decided throughout, you know, throughout the season. It kept changing. You ask me, at the, you know, start of the season, obviously I'm very dissatisfied. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of what Jay was saying. He said, uh, first half of the year, very dissatisfied. Second half of the year, satisfied. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Braden Smith, given the one and five start, I'm satisfied. Twelfth on the ladder, but got plenty of games into a good crop of youngsters. And Erin Marie reminds us of how remarkable our club is by telling us how uh, our rebuild took six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Not six years. Very satisfied because our future looks brighter than I could have imagined. Yeah, we were looking... We felt pretty dark about it. Mm. And he, then uh, Jack Slack has listed Burton, Hardwick, Amira Mitchell, Howe and Brand as uh, being very exciting. And uh, Matthew Tian says, it's a very satisfied in, with the year as long as the Cats or the Swans don't win the flag. <laughs> oh, it's, tr- it's dangerous, isn't it? I think I know how it might go. Yeah, well, uh, who are you going to go for? Like, who, who's your support behind? Look, it's going to be controversial with our listeners, but 
I feel a bit beholden to the swans, really. <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, come no. on, no, no, no. Girl, Nobody loves here. To the swans. No, no, no. Not hearing it. All right. Well, well give, give me another. <laughs> give me another option. Who should I go for if not my girlfriend's team? The tigers. Like, go who, for the tigers. Oh, uh, go for the. Go for the tigers. Come off it. G- GWS. No, nah. GWS is is just a lab experiment. <laughs> That's Gold Coast. Is no, it? <laughs> Just a, just an AFL grown team. I, yeah, nah, that that's not. I think they're they're a shop. It doesn't really appeal to me. Um, I don't know Adelaide. Adelaide would be fine oh, to be honest. Really? Yeah, I wouldn't really care. Nah, I'm kind of neutral on them. Surely Port's the better Adelaide side to go for. Nope. Anyway, you can have West Coast. Sammy might get another medal. No, nah, no, nah, do not want that to happen. So, well, that's that's kind of how I felt. To be honest, watching round twenty three, I'm like. Uh, do I really want Sammy to get in the finals at the expense of Jordan? <laughs> and then I thought about it. And I was like, yes, I definitely do, because Jordan had a choice. <laughs> what did Jordan say? Oh, we played Melbourne and they were really good. They're, you know, they've got all good indicators. They're going to be really good the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, yeah well done, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't hold a grudge well. No. Now, um, Rojam also... Gives us a good point. He said, Crisis produced opportunity for a lot of blokes. Uh, recovering to a 42-point season with several wins against flag chances is satisfying. And I think that that really does summarise the season, doesn't it? It does. I'll, I'll give props to Rowe. He's got, I know him. He's got a good footballing head. And uh, he's come through with the goods yet again on that one. And for uh, Alistair Clarkson to change the game plan midstream and to get it across to young players... Incredible stuff. And you've got to put into this how, how important Newman has been in the VFL for these boys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, it's interesting to see what happens with Newman. I think he'll probably coach in the VFL for a little while because we're bringing in a couple of um, assistant coaches in Scott Burns from uh, Collingwood, who's finally getting away from Bucks after all these years. Yeah. I mean, he took he took over the captaincy after him and and Bucks sort of hung around like a bad spell. <laughs> <laughs> And then Darren Glass, another captain of the West Coast Eagles. So there's some real uh, footballing nows coming to the club. Yeah, I mean, if if we're going to bring in anyone, you, you've got to take some football pedigree, don't you? So, I mean, I'm fine with that. I, I must admit, I don't know too much about either of their credentials. but um, Well, um, Scott Burns has been the midfield coach at Collingwood for a, a few years now. So he's been in charge of Pendlebury and Grundy and Trelaw and Yeah, well that that's been the only part of their game that's been typically strong, hasn't it? So Exactly. That that's the only part that has really held them together. Um so uh, and Darren Glass I think has been away from footy for a little while doing some study, but uh, you know, you can't doubt his credentials. He's a he's a Titan of um West Australian football. So, uh, but uh, let's talk about how good Box Hill are. Yes. Because that's what Newman's been working on. We're into a prelim. We've booked our place. It's very nice. Yeah. It was a little touch and go there. Um, Box Hill only won by 13 points in the end, but uh, O'Rourke had 32 disposals. Oh, there we go. John O'Rourke. He's not going to go quietly. <laughs> well, that was going to be my question. Do you reckon he? Uh, do you reckon he's done enough to... Keep his spot. Uh, I don't know. I I feel like Hawthorne are probably probably want him to stay because we need that outside run. But he's had such a bad run with injuries. But I hope he stays. Yeah, I, I hope he stays as well. I just 
I don't know. Look, one more setback, and I think that's it. Because you can't have another as much as I like him. You think about Alex Woodward, and it, it breaks my heart to even talk about it, but it, it, do, it does get to a stage where it's like, yeah, enough's enough. Like, we can't. We just can't keep doing this as, as a business, which is what a football club is. Like, you can't. You just can't keep on signing the guy. Yeah. He's uh, he's making another comeback, I think, Woodward. He, he's is not he? given up. It's an incredible story. I'm glad he hasn't given up. I absolutely wish him all the best. I think it's it was an incredibly sad story. So to hear that he hasn't given up is, is really uh, heartwarming, in fact. Now, following uh, O'Rourke was O'Donnell and then... Uh, Andrew Moore, formerly of Port Adelaide and Richmond, now playing at Box Hill. And then comes Heatherly, who is also uncontracted, with 26 touches. What a game from him. Yeah, that, that I mean, on paper, that sounds great. Um, I mean, look, some some players have to leave, don't they, Tiz? Like, we have to do something. Like, we can't hold on to everyone. Can't we? I mean, they're good. They're good players. They're good backup players. We've seen Heatherly plays well. yeah. Well, I was thinking about this before we were recording, and I'm like, who would I be willing to get rid of? I just I just have no idea. Like, I, if I want to hold on to O'Rourke, because I'm still not... I'm still, you know, happy to see what he can produce if if he finally gets a good run in it, so I'm not willing to let him go. I talked about Pauplo before, mm. you know, and wanting to hold on to him if he can reach his best, and Heatherly... You know, I know he has his detractors, but I'm not ready to let him go either. And I, I yeah, I just don't know. I don't know. Well, uh, I tell you what, there's one, <clears throat> there's one fellow that I was very surprised at his age, uh, Isaac Smith. He's uh, 28. With that baby face, I was like, because I have heard that he may be, um, he may be approached. I can't, I can't see it happening. We we can't afford for that to happen. <laughs> I mean, well, we 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 keep we keep letting. Um, I mean, how many unsigned outside players have we got now? It's ridiculous. Anyway, so I want to I want to take you through the the end of the game because there were some really key moments um, in the VFL, and uh, it was a really good game. So uh, out at Box Hill Oval, it's not a bad day actually. It hailed before the start of the game. Oh jeez! <laughs> and then the sun came out. So at the start of the third quarter, we were a goal up, mm. and we end, we got it out to twenty points through Hanrahan and Miles, who were both Hawthorne listed. Um, but it was still only eight points going into the last quarter when uh, David Mirror, mm. the captain, mm. Box Hill, he just had two moments that denied Port Melbourne the uh, scoring opportunities. He ran down a bloke from behind with a tackle, yeah. which is just incredible. And then your favourite bloke, White Cross, with the scores level, <laughs> brought down a mark from a pass from Cade Stewart, and he went back, slotted it, and the uh, you know that was it, basically. We were a goal up. Look, look, one of those guys is my favourite bloke. <laughs> one of the two. I don't know why you've singled out White Cross. You're the one who's critical of White Cross, <laughs> not me. <laughs> I didn't mean it facetiously. You love Whitey. Another more goal was the icing on the prelim cake. So uh, 13 points in the end, and we're looking great. Um, probably, you know, your odds on to make a grand final if you get through the prelim. So, uh, so Vickery will miss the prelim. And then if they make the grand final uh, due to his siding for striking, he'll be playing in that. So it'll be interesting. I, t- I tell you what, it's it's a it's a tough trot for someone to step aside for Vickery in a grand final if we make it. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? I mean, jeez. No, no. He's, Pretty... he's a key forward and a ruck. You need him. No, yeah. 
guess. Yeah. They'll be doing well to win without him. Do you want to get to some Twitter questions? Because I've got a few that we probably need to get through. You put a call out for them, so I want to get to them. We were talking, uh, we're talking about who might be on the table before. Brad Garvin has asked that exact question. Who's our trade bait, if anyone? Uh, at Hawk Talk Pod is where you want to go to submit questions to us and uh, just chat with us in general. Now, what what do you have for Brad here, Tiz? What, what do you reckon we do at the trade table if we're going to get rid of anyone? Well, the names we're hearing are um, Stratton mm. and Poffalo and uh, Birchall even. Yeah, Birchall um, at one point, yeah. That'd be who we'd be looking at. Of course, I think Jure's walking. Yeah, it's, it's certainly... You know, the greatest indication that a player's out the door is probably the fact that, you know, we had that run of signings. We had Burgoyne, Showmakers, O'Brien, Sicily. We just had a run of them, and I checked the list of who's unrestricted. <laughs> we have one player, and it's Taylor Jaray. He is gone. And hence why they put him in the forward line. Uh, you know? I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's true. I think that was Clarkson trying to, you know, find a Band-Aid solution or something. Uh, and occasionally it worked okay, but... Um, yeah, look, no, no. he was he was in the VFL at the start of the year, along with Shuey, by the way. Yeah, that's true. Um, and was overlooked a lot, and then they just put him in the forward line um, as soon as Propolo was out at the side. I mean, he was second choice in the forward line. He did spend some time in the back half, but uh, you don't want a player that's going to leave becoming vital to your defence. No, exactly right. And it's the same thing that... Um, that Melbourne did with James Frawley when he wouldn't sign. Yeah. They put him up forward. He's just um, Jure's excess to requirements. I mean, he, he used to do such good work in the back line and now there's no room there. Oh, I think he'll, he'll get offered a lot more money elsewhere. He would be, yeah. It's just the position where he sort of, you know, carved out his career got... He got usurped. We just there's no room there in the back line anymore, and there's certainly no room in the forward line. Once you know, if you get a fit and firing Rioli and Puopolo, then you're never playing Jurey. So you know you can forget about that. So yeah, there's a lot of depth for his uh, talents. Yeah, yeah. So I mean that's it. And if he walks, it makes sense to me. Um, and you know, it's been we've had some good years with him. So, you know, thank him for his service, if that's what it comes down to. I don't feel any ill will about that decision at all. Now, as a bit of a PSA to you, apparently there are a lot of thieves in Canada. Is that right? <laughs> a lot of robbers? Or you've been mugged at all? Or um, It's like know? anywhere. Like There are some good sorts and some bad sorts. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it depends who you play for. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just about sorting one from the other. Um, and occasionally, the AFL does your job for you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> what is going on, Tiz? That was highway robbery. I mean, he's he's one of the shortest favourites on the uh, on the odds market for years. Shorter than Callum Mills. Yeah. And uh, gets overlooked. We are, of course, referring to Ryan Burden being pipped at the post by... Uh... No, not pipped. Ten points is not being tipped. Well, yeah, that's right, yeah. That's sort of making certain. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous, actually, when you put it that way. Warren Treadray gave his hot, you know, his top marks to um, Sam Pell Pepper, five points. Oh, did know. he? It's oh, just, that's nice of him. It's just steeped in... It's just ridiculous. Well, I'm, no, I mean, the real story here, I know you want to bang on about Treadray. It's distracting from the real issue, Tiz, and that is that Essendon, so brave, <laughs> so brave... <laughs> 
outed as cheats, basically. And in that process, you know, shuffling down to the bottom of the ladder, uh, getting a number one draft pick, who then becomes a rising star. So brave. So brave. (laughs) I mean, if anyone's going to be the rising star, I agree. It probably should be the number one pick. But let's call this as it is, right? I mean it's just a farce it's this award this year is completely rooted in Essendon being cheats when they when they cheated all Andy McGrath did was handball the entire bloody year and he's playing in a much better defense it's solid at the back there's no injuries to their defense hardly they've got the easiest draw uh you know oh it's just it's so infuriating anyway it's a it's an award that Hawthorne doesn't need. We haven't needed it in the past <laughs> with Cyril. Well, yeah, Cyril. Beaten by Reese Palmer, of all people. God. That's become the theme of this podcast. We're just so overlooked by the wider AFL anyway. I tell you, the, the highlight of that whole package of uh, the Rising Star show, mm. I mean, they had a great story about Burton, mm. a little video, videography or whatever, and then... All the time they were flashing across to Slobber, uh, Robbo, and <laughs> Norbo, thank you, and asking him. Uh, oh no, that was the All Australian. I'm getting confused. But they were asking Robbo during the All Australian while the All Australians were on stage whether he thought they deserved to be in the All Australian. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it, oh, you, you could. Oh, it was so awkward, so awkward. And he and he didn't do himself any favors either. None of his arguments were convincing. No. <laughs> Of course not. Oh, it's just car crash television. And they took so long to get to that Rising Star Award. I've, I did hear some criticism about that. It took a long time um, to the point where I, I it was actually uh, evening here the, the day before and I, I went to see a movie and I came out and they still hadn't announced it. <laughs> well, okay. So let's ignore that Rising Star now. Even that Burton, fantastic result. Look, we, we can ignore it. Because, uh, you know, Ryan Burden is a superstar regardless of any accolade etched in the, in the history books. You know, it, it doesn't really matter. It's just, it would have been nice. That's all. It doesn't really mean that much. It's just, you know, you like to see a young kid be recognised for his efforts. And, um, you know, all this means is, we, you know, Ryan Burden still has 75,000 members for Hawthorne, still giving him that much. We stand and applaud, and we love his work, and you know that can be enough. We don't we we don't need the award. It's fine. And he interviewed terrifically well. I'm not surprised. It sounded fantastic. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Anyway, in terms of next year, for those for those who put fifty dollars each way on uh, Ryan Burton at the start of the year, for the rising star market at Hawthorne for 2018, we have Cousins with three games. Glass with six. Hanrahan is yet to debut. Uh, Mitchell Lewis, of course, yet to debut. Uh, Lovell has two games. Morrison has had the one game. Connor Nash, who looked pretty good on the weekend, uh, yet to debut. And Cade Stewart is still eligible, playing seven, has, having played seven games. So uh, looking to recoup my loss. <laughs> I say we get it trending right now, Tiz. Hashtag the Moz, oh. uh, rising star. <laughs> it's a good nickname, the Moz. Love it. The Moz, simple. <laughs> there have been calls 
about uh, my anti-fantasy league, Tiz. Have there? Yeah, people have been genuinely curious to see where I ended up. Oh, in terms of the overall thing? Oh, God. I guess so, yeah. I think it, it was hard to manage once I got to Canada. There's a time time difference sort of threw me about a bit, uh, which I know is a lame excuse. Whatever, I'll, I'll wear that. It's fine. But, uh, you know, there's always next year to fail. So I'll be back with the anti-fantasy team next year. Now, I've brought it up on my phone. It did take me all year to be the best loser I could possibly be, Tiz. <laughs> okay. Like, it, it took me a while. It took me round 20 is the most comprehensive failure, so to speak, I had. The idea of the anti-fantasy team, of course, to assemble uh, a group of players who underperform and achieve the worst fantasy yeah. football score you can possibly get. Um, and, and round 20 was the round for me. Uh, 1,188 points was the best wow. I could do. That's pretty low. It is very low. I had one player that missed, and that was a late out in uh, Nathan Vardy. <laughs> so it was as close to a full team as I could muster, really, and, and the lowest I could get. Even if you added his average, you'd still be pretty bloody low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Well, he's not in my team for nothing, Tiz. He is a shocker. Um, but, you know, I will say... It's been a learning experience. It is. It's tough, you know. Even in round twenty, round twenty three, uh, one thousand three hundred fifty six. Um, you know, Jacob Wietering scores one hundred fourteen. I mean, really? Gee, he did well. Who was he playing? Well, against Sydney. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, you don't see that coming. Didn't expect anyone on the ground for Carlton to have scored that. But uh, one hundred fourteen. So uh, I mean. There you go. They're, even in round 23, that's a prime example of just a player you don't expect to just bob up out of nowhere and just have play an absolute blinder. And the, the issue is when you do something like this, when you pick an anti-fantasy team every week, you've got to try and predict who's not going to do that. And that is really difficult. See, I think you should play it honestly next year, Nick. What do you reckon? No. I <laughs> don't... <laughs> <laughs> You know what we're going to have? We're going to have people start anti-fantasy sides. They should. <laughs> Just... They should. I encourage them. What, you, you think you you think you got what it takes? You think you got game? You want to step to me? You, you bring it on. <laughs> you think you can, if you think you can build a worse team than me, I challenge you. The gauntlet is laid down. It is tougher than it seems. That That is what I have learned. But I'll be bringing it back next year. So you're not barracking for Geelong. You're not barracking for Essendon. You're not barracking for... Adelaide GWS, you won't care. So you're going for Sydney, aren't you? I guess I am, yeah. I know that's going to piss some people off, but uh, it's just the most logical choice for me. Yeah, well, I just hope they lose in the second week because I want Essendon gone. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, I I will say that. I'm definitely on the Sydney bandwagon this week, if only for the fact that I I just do not want to see Essendon succeed. Um, And and personally, I think they'll be destroyed, uh, the Bombers, but... You know, we'll wait to see what happens. Well, they had an interesting game there earlier in the year. That was a ridiculous final minute. Um, so Adelaide GWS, who are you? Uh, who do you think wins that one? Oh, um, I think Adelaide get the job done. Even there. with uh, yeah, that's at home. Rory Sloan recovering from appendectomy surgery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I just I think a home ground advantage there is. I mean, how. How did GWS play at Adelaide Oval? Oh, I think they travel pretty well, GWS. I wouldn't be too worried about the 
the venue, but Adelaide will be buoyant, you know. Finishing on top of the ladder, they sort of dogged it a bit against West Coast, made sure they didn't get injured. So, uh, and then we have the blockbuster Friday night where it's going to be uh, top top temperature for Friday of 12 degrees. So uh, by the time the evening rolls around, uh, those people at the top of the Great Southern Sound, they're forecasting 95,000 for this game. Uh, but Geelong, Richmond, you going for Richmond? I guess I am, yeah. Because, yeah. I, I mean... Yeah, I'll be going for Richmond. I, I don't love the Richmond bandwagon. Uh, and it would be highly amusing for them to drop out in straight sets. But the price is too high, and that price being I would have to see Geelong succeed, and I'm not into that. So I guess I just have to grit my teeth and be prepared for... You know, I'm just, I'm just lucky I'm in Canada, <laughs> to be honest. I don't have to put up with you know the onslaught of Richmond stuff quite as fiercely as anyone back in Melbourne. And uh, Port Adelaide, West Coast. Now, West Coast has a really good record at Adelaide Oval. Yes, they do, yeah. Ken Hinckley has a really poor record against West Coast. Yeah, uh, West Coast are a chance there, but in terms of the result, I'm not too fussed, really. Um, obviously, don't want West Coast to win the flag, but um, look, I, I don't mind who gets eliminated this week. Um, I'm not sure either team deserves to go much further, though. Whoever does win, uh, I think it flatters them to go to the semi-finals. I don't think either have been very good. I reckon West Coast get through on that one. Yeah, you might be right. I think they've got the game plan to match Port, so mm. um, it'll be interesting. There'll be a couple of strange results. I think Geelong-Richmond will go right down to the wire. Yeah, Geelong-Richmond, that's match of the first round of the finals, clearly, for mine. That is the blockbuster there. Um, you ask me who I want to win the flag. Who do you want to win it? Oh, I think... Uh, wow. Wow. Uh, probably GWS. Really? Yeah, because then we can they can stop getting favoured by the AFL and uh, we can move on. Oh yeah, yeah, fair enough. I, I yeah, I see merit in that. Yeah, I, I've been um, I've been living in this Canadian bubble and I've been trying to enjoy finals within it. It's hard because we've been being woken up at uh, at about seven a.m. each day uh, with people yelling outside the windows. And uh, blasting dropkick Murphys shipping up to Boston. Uh, this um, this sounds very dystopian. <laughs> What's happened? Yeah, it's it's. Um, I will it sounds say, like a gulag. <laughs> <laughs> I this is no word of a lie. One of our leaders, not jailers, leaders, um, yeah. was it was bashing a metal tray with a ladle. To wake us up. Oh, goodness. I'm going to miss football dearly. But that said, that's why this podcast is so good. And that's why we love people talking to us on Twitter, at Pod. Keep the conversation going, because we're, we're going to keep the podcast alive. Well, my favourite part of the year is coming up. Trade period. Yeah, you love it. Yeah, you, you absolutely love the, the rumour mill, the gossip. You love all of it. And uh, I also... Also, we got the Best and Fairest Awards and then the delistings will be announced. But as we see the other clubs, their delistings, that'll be where Hawthorne's looking to pick up some talent um, off other lists because we don't have a lot to work with. So there might be a couple of uh, people that have been uh, surplus to requirements at other clubs that end up getting another chance at Hawthorne. So uh, we've done that before quite successfully. Yes, yeah, yeah we all know we're pretty well-versed in uh, in that. So look forward to that. Look, I do poke fun at you for being well into the trade stuff, but I mean, so am I. Like, it's exciting to think about. I look forward to seeing what Hawthorne does. Now, with all this in mind, I feel like now is 
perfect time to crowbar the obligatory Josh Kelly reference into the conversation. Oh, well, yeah. I've gone a bit cold on that now. Oh, it, it sounds like on. he's going to stay at GWS. Yeah, I know. It does, but, uh, I'm, it? I'm very keen on Lockie Whitfield, and I noticed Dylan Roberton hasn't signed from uh, St Kilda, mm-hmm. so uh, he's obviously taking offers. Um, Jakey Lever is apparently really good mates with James Sicily, so there's that link. Okay. But, you know, I, I think we're out of the... <clears throat> we're, we're, you know, that's out of our depth to get the top-end talent in this draft well, or in this draft Well, I, I tell you what, you keep your finger on the pulse. I'll keep my finger on the pulse 14 hours behind and maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can meet in the middle somehow. Maybe I'll start and, uh, my own trade whisperer account where I just put up... I think you should. Yeah. Just, the hawk whisperer. Just troll him. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyway. It's good to hear your voice, mate. Oh, mate. Good to hear your voice over in Canada. It's great. It's good to hear you because people don't realise this. It's the first time we've chatted in a while and uh, this is our catch-up. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> we do it live. Yeah. And then he cuts it up, listeners, and uh, makes it listenable. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could run my own life that way. <laughs> Step out from a laptop and start cutting together conversations as I would prefer them to have gone. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right, well, we should wrap it up there. Um, obviously, rate and review us on iTunes. That would be lovely. I think we're sitting on uh, possibly 37 five-star reviews now. It's 37 straight five-star reviews, which is just amazing. We thank you so much for that, listeners. It's so gratifying and, and makes us keep recording, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it, you know, really puts us in good spirits. And, you know, Hawthorne's out of the finals, but we want to keep on doing this. Obviously, it's been a very busy time for the club. Um you know, from round 23 to this point. So uh, I imagine there's no reason why that's going to slow down, especially in 2017 where there's people like the trade whisperer who's always got something going on. There's always something to talk about about AFL at the moment. So I can't wait for that bloke to be unmasked. As he, like a... he was unmasked. He's Tony Sheehan. He tweeted from, his, from the wrong account that one time. Do you reckon that's real? Yeah, he okay. tweeted from All the right. wrong account and exposed himself. <laughs> he exposed himself online. That's an offence in itself. Oh, jeez. You know, can't be doing that, Tony. <laughs> well, the point is, there's plenty going on, so we're going to do our best to uh, to stick around and provide you with all coverage, uh, all the coverage we can of the Hawthorne Football Club and the goings on uh, in the off season. Um, follow us on Twitter if you want to. If you want to follow us on that at uh, HawkTalkPod, we'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, yeah, I think I think that pretty much wraps up this. Well, this is a, an extended postcard from Canada, Tiz. Yeah, absolutely. Hashtag bring Josh Kelly to Hawthorne. <laughs> if you meet any any McGraths while you're over there, just uh, keep your hands in your pocket, on your wallet, <laughs> your passport, so, you know, really secure, mate. Just just take it easy. Anyone with the name McGrath, just watch yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we are a happy team at Hawthorne. <laughs>